This is the Advanced Selling Podcast. The aim of this podcast is to help business sales teams grow their business with modern strategies and philosophies. Now, your hosts, Bill Kasky and Brian Neal. This is Bill Kasky, back at the Advanced Selling Podcast. I've got an able assistant today, not Brian Neal, but... Brooke Green, sitting in for Brian Neal, trying my damnedest to fill those giant shoes. I love the shoes you have on. I've never seen Brian wear shoes like that. Thank you. I don't think These he could walk in the heels, heels, but... No. Who knows? He does seem to need a little height sometime, though, you know. We don't know what he does in his private time. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, Brooke is joining me. Brian is uh, out on assignment, as we like to say here. And we're going to be talking about something that a lot of times when we come back from coaching and training, all of us, Brian, Brooke, and myself, we talk about what clients need, what kinds of topics we've talked about. And Brooke and I started talking about the topic today, and we kind of came to this conclusion that a lot of times in the sales process or in, in managing your life, there's a lot of vagueness and a lot of ambiguity. And we said that uh, if there's anything we can do today to help get some definition and some specific instruction around certain things, that we wanted to do that. And so we've come up with four or five different categories maybe where we tend to be a little bit vague. Mm -hmm. The way we'll do this is why don't you um, – oh, I never did the shout-out yet, did I? No, you need to. Though. I need to. I want to say hi to the boys and girls at Interior Concepts. And these are more than boys and girls. These are adult men, women and men. <laughs> But they are at Interior Concepts in Western Michigan, your old stomping ground. It's my home, my hometown. So hello, Michiganders. Uh-huh. Holland, Grand Haven, South Haven, Big Haven, Little Haven. All the beauty by the lake. It's a beautiful place. We say yes to Michigan. We do say yes to we Michigan. Do. And you know what else in Michigan is the sun doesn't set till like 1030 at night. It's true. Because it's so far west and it's so far north. And my gosh, it was 1030 and the sun was still shining brightly. I'm it's talking awesome. 1030 at night, too. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Anyway, say hello to the Interior Concepts people. They're all good podcast listeners, good clients of ours. So what would you say is one of the first uh, areas of um, ambiguity that sometimes hits us? It's interesting. I've had a full week of this, and then it actually came up this morning about with our own team, something that I struggled with when I first joined you and Brian here at the firm. And that is the whole idea that sometimes our leaders or people that we look up to as leaders will give us direction that for them seems perfectly normal and for some of us feels like it's a huge undertaking. So I have a client that reports to another woman that I coach who's the president of a company and she has asked them to call hire inside of a huge organization. The gentlemen that I work with are basically account management type people, business development inside existing business. They love her and want to make her happy and you know, just want to do what she asked them to do. So they've been struggling with this for a couple of weeks, this idea that they should be calling higher in this huge organization. Mm -hmm. So finally they came clean yesterday. And they're like an old married couple. They're two guys, but they can't, they're, they're hilarious. <laughs> they've worked together forever. So I can hear them whispering, and I'm like, you guys, I'm still here. I can hear you. Like, well, I think we want to talk to you about something. So they brought it to me and said, you know, she's asked us to do this, and we feel like we should be able to do it, but for some reason we feel like we can't. And so we started the conversation. And I, you know, I remember when I was back in my selling days, sometimes when someone has a title of president or owner, I think they forget that they have that title. And I think those are very good leaders because they tend to look at their people as equals mm -hmm. and that they have as much value to bring to the table as, as they do, which is awesome. But there's something about when you have the title president behind your name, you can call somebody higher up in a large organization and say, hi, this is Brooke Green. I'm president of Green Manufacturing, and I just want to come into you and talk to you about our business and what we're doing with you and just you know, sort of 
catch you up on things and talk to you about your business, and that's very okay. Ambiguity in that sense is very okay. When you're an account manager or a customer service person, you can't really call a VP or a C-level person and say, hey, this is you know, Joe Blow down in production, and I really want to come up to your office and talk to you about... Let's just chat. Let's just chat. I think as leaders, we need to be clear that we are leaders and that we've got titles that get us sometimes in a door that the people that work with us or for us are not able to get into. As the people that work for those folks, we need to be okay to say, do you know what? I would love to do this for you, and I wish I knew how to do it, but but I don't. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's one, just being okay to speak up about it, and two, mm-hmm. being aware that we do it. Yeah. I think you said in, in your last comment there, you said we don't know how to, and a lot of times it really gets back to how to. I had a situation with a, a client a couple of weeks ago where they're looking to do the business plan for 2013. They're starting early, which is really good, but we started to go through it. I said, you know, Bob, if you had a month to do the business plan for 2013, you're going to take the whole month of August off and go to a remote island and going to do the business plan. How would you go about doing it? Not what would it be, just how would you go about doing it? And so he started by saying, well, I'd take a snapshot of the current current picture and I'd look backward to see what we've done. I'd look at my current assets in terms of my sales team and distributor channel, and that would be it. And I said, well, well that, that's the snapshot of the current reality. Where is the future? Where is the plan, P-L-A-N? A lot of times our sales plans are just nothing more than sales forecasts that have in March we're going to do $2.5 million, in May. It's, and that's not a plan. That's just a sales. That's just a spreadsheet. And so we got to point four on his sheet, and he kind of drew a little blank. And I said, well, point four is where it all comes together. That's where you're going to take the current snapshot, and you're going to move it forward. And as we talked through it, it became, if you look at a pie chart of points one through four, one, two, and three are very are slivers. Four is the rest of the pie chart. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when you don't define what the issue is and don't define what the problem is or what you're trying to accomplish, you end up doing steps one through three, but you don't really get the whole thing done. Right. And so this idea of defining and taking some of this ambiguity out, whether it's you in front of the prospect, you in front of your peer, you in front of your manager, if you're a manager or leader in front of your people, let's not forget that the better we define the issue, mm-hmm. the better we are going to be at executing it. Yeah. You've already taken kind of the area of when someone instructs you to do something mm-hmm. that maybe you're not comfortable at or don't think you're comfortable at, mm-hmm. raising your hand and doing a how-to right. conversation. Right. I'll take one and I'll say that a lot of times the expectations of the first call is not very well set out. So, for example, if you're calling someone up on the phone and maybe it's a referral, maybe it's a web lead, maybe it's you reaching out cold and saying, Mr. Prospect, I don't know if there's a fit. What I thought we could do is get together and talk a little bit. And the prospect says, sure, Bill, come on in. I think you have to right there say, well, here's what I'd like to do when I come in. I'd like to find out a little bit more about your business, what you're trying to accomplish, maybe some initiatives you have. I'd like to tell you how we do our work and kind of who we do it with and what kinds of results we have. And then at the end, we can decide if there's any reason to talk further. Does that sound like a fair plan for you? At least then you've defined the call. You're not just getting together to chat. You're getting together to chat for a reason where we're going to make a decision at the end of this. And I think that's a a much clearer way to do it than just, hey, let's get together and talk, and I'll tell you what I do, and you tell me what you do. I mean, I think you have to be a little bit more deliberate about it. I agree. So I'd say first call would be another time that we're just not not very deliberate, and we're not – we kind of leave a lot loosey-goosey. How about that word, loosey-goosey? Loosey-goosey. I like that It's a compound word. It's Mm -hmm. a big word. Yeah. What's your your next – category. My next category. 
this, and I actually, I think I confused this one in my first one, so I'll clean that up this time. We do a lot of work now with teams and leaders and their people, obviously, and things like that. And so we get involved in a lot of what goes on internally in meetings and things like that. And I know I struggled with this, as I started to say, when I came to the firm with Bill and Brian, who are very big thinkers and have a new idea every, oh, there's another one, every like 10 seconds. And I am a little bit that way, but probably more of the implementer Mm -hmm. of the group. Probably a real buzzkill every once in a while because I'm the realist more so. And not a great one, but relative to these two. (laughs) So I get a lot of people that I work with and even myself where we're sitting in a meeting and maybe we're it's a strategic planning meeting or it's a sales meeting or it's a staff meeting. And all of a sudden, all of these things start getting thrown out into the atmosphere, ideas and people we should add to our lists and things we should call and we should do a video and we should do this. And people like me start to make that our to-do list. Or we think that we should be thinking like that, you know, but it just zaps a lot of energy. It creates a lot of stress. And I think it creates a lot of work that isn't necessarily meant to be work. So I think we need to be really clear. And it took me a while here to say, now, is this something you think I should be doing? Or are we just brainstorming? Or is this a meeting where we're trying to get something done? (laughs) And any of those things are okay. But it's a lot more fun to be in those meetings when you know you don't have action items leaving. Yeah, be clear. Be very clear. Be clear on what kind of meeting it is. And for some of our younger listeners, I think this comes with age too. But sometimes it can be hard to ask for clarity. One, because you think you should know. Two, you don't want to take the time to do it. It's easier to just assume and go try to get something done. That's one of the best things for me that has come with age now that I'm 29. Mm-hmm. You, <laughs> are, you are. You Young 29. A very young 29. People could hardly believe I'm 29, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all get the joke in that. Mm-hmm. But it, it's gotten a lot easier to say, now, hold on a second. I'm not sure what we're doing here. It's a gift to everyone in the conversation because normally the dreamers in the room don't want you to feel pressure. They want you to be having fun like they are brainstorming, dreaming, coming up with ideas. And so I think it's, it's again, around clarity and asking mm-hmm. for what you don't understand. It's mm-hmm. good, good. Here's one that we had a discussion today with one of our clients, and this gets back to she had some uh, prospects of hers that were kind of sitting out there. No action was being taken. She was in the, in the role that a lot of times we find ourselves in. People are in the pipeline, but they're just not, they're not calling us back. They're, they're not giving us an answer, yes or no. And I said, do you think that you do a good job of clearly defining what's going to happen once the customer says, yes, let's start? And her answer was, I think I do, but I think I bury it on page five of the proposal. And I'm convinced, and and we've done a lot of work with firms in this area of, of clearly communicating process too, not just what you do, but how you do it. I think a lot of times we don't do a good job of telling a customer, look, you know, uh, we're down to the end here. I've delivered the proposal. In the event you say yes, in the event you want to do this and go forward, here is what it looks like. Step one, it'll be a two-hour meeting, you, I, and the, the operations person. Step two, about one week later, we'll come back with a series of recommendations on how that looks. Step three, we'll put you on the website, blah, 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 whatever those steps are. I wouldn't get too crazy and do a 39-step plan, but (laughs) at least three, four, or five steps in, 30, 60, 90 days, at least then when they pull the trigger, they know what to expect, and they kind of know what they're buying because really what they're buying is the first 90 days to start the process. Right. And I think sometimes we – we just assume that they know and they don't know, but they're not going to ask because they don't want to give us any kind of buying signal or false false 
positive about mm-hmm. whether they're going to do business or not. So I think it's useful somewhere near the end of the sales process to say, in the event you decide to do this and to do it with us and we decide to work together, here is what will happen. Be distinctly, be precise, be crystal clear about it. And I think what you'll find is then then the person feels like when the, if they don't do it, that's what they're missing. So you've immediately kind of said, this is what you're going to give up if you decide not to do business with us. Right. I think along those same lines, too, and something else that came out of that conversation with her this morning was she sort of realized that everyone in her pipeline had not bought what she sells before. And so just as important as here's what happens if you say yes is I think there's the measurable part of being clear and distinctive, and then there's the emotional side of being clear and distinctive and being vulnerable and transparent with them. Because I know for in everybody's business, there are parts of the implementation process that suck mm-hmm. and that are painful. And you know going in, we're going to get to step three. Yeah. You're going to hate me. You're going to hate me. Yeah. Yep. And Or you're going to think, why in the heck did we decide to do this? For her, too, you know, acknowledging that they have never purchased this before. And along with that, what she sells is a very fuzzy sort of ambiguous thing. It's not a widget. It's a, it's an idea. You know, mm-hmm. it's a concept. And that can be a really scary thing to invest money in if you've never done that before. And so acknowledging that and giving them a chance to talk about it, and at least, you know, it might move them forward to, so we're not going to do it, but at least you've gotten somewhere yeah. and you're clear <laughs> on your funnel. Yeah. So I yeah. think along with the measurable part of being very clear and distinctive is being very honest and transparent mm-hmm. about what your experience is with how people feel about those steps of mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Good. That's good. So the takeaway here is obviously to be more clear. So how does one know that? Because if I were to ask 100 people, are you clear? 99 of them would say, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm very, very good at this. <laughs> uh, a couple of things. Number one, I would listen to yourself if, if that's possible. Listen to yourself talk. Listen to yourself give instruction. Listen to yourself do the upfront agreement when you're with prospects. And if you really want to get aggressive and, and ambitious is record yourself. Record yourself on the telephone when you're making calls, you're setting appointments, or you're even confirming appointments. You can use this when you're confirming appointments. You know, I know we got a meeting. Is next Tuesday at 3 still good? Yeah, it is. Well, I just want to remind you, here's kind of what the way I see it working. Mm-hmm. Let people know and tape yourself and see if you do that. I think that there's no better way to be honest with yourself than tape or record and then just listen back to it and see if you do it. Mm-hmm. So those two things might help you uh, as you assess whether you are crystal clear or not. I think most of us aren't. I know I caught myself after the program I did yesterday. I was talking to somebody else in the organization, and I found myself not being clear, even though I had just ridiculed my assignment for not being clear. I wasn't either in some of the other coaching I did. So I think it's we all have good things to work on there when it comes to clearly defining our communication. Yeah, and if I could add a third thing to your checklist is, you know, a lot of times we just don't ask if we've been clear Mm -hmm. or we don't. We might ask, but we really don't want to know, so we don't ask it in a way that has them okay to say, you know what, I'm really not. I'm clear, right? Okay. Well, anyway. So you get it, right? You know, Because I think a lot of times our prospects or clients don't say, I don't know, because they think, well, we should know. Everybody else they work with knows. You know, We're all afraid of whatever we're going to look like. But I think it's important to demonstrate that empathy of, you know, does that make sense to you? You know, I want to make sure before we leave that you're clear on what happens next. It's just having that verification between the two of your affirmation that you've been clear. Yeah, Yeah. it's a good point. And it's, I think when you do that, you don't say, do you get it? Or does that make sense? I think you have to say, did I explain it clearly? Do you understand? I mean, it's, I think a lot of times we stop in the middle of sentences and say, you know, you know what I mean, don't you? I mean, I don't have to finish the sentence, do I? I mean, the sentence is going on and on. Do I re- you really? And people don't, but they're not going to say no because that's offensive and they don't want, maybe they don't want you to finish the sentence because it's already been too long of a sentence. 
So make sure that, you know, know. like that sentence was. (laughs) Yeah, you know. (laughs) Okay, anyway, that sentence is over. Our podcast is over. And we hope you'll uh, join us on our LinkedIn group. Go to advancedsellingpodcast.com if you want to hear back issues and episodes. By the way, if you haven't purchased the app, the iPhone app, uh, you can do so by going to the iPhone app store, obviously. And uh, we'll see you next time. Brooke, thank you so much for sitting in for Brian Neal. You more than filled his shoes up. So would it be inappropriate to tell Brian he's fired here publicly or Yeah, I think he's listening. I'm sure he's listening. Yeah. So, yeah. Brian, Sorry, Brian. You're your chair fired. has permanently formed to my behind and you're no longer needed here. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> He'll like that. Yeah. All right. See you next time. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye. This has been the Advanced Selling Podcast presented by Kasky Achievement Strategies, Indianapolis. Join us each time we record a new podcast by going to iTunes.